Two South Londoners who conquered Mount Everest in May are being honoured tonight. Neil Lawton was on the Everest climb with Bear two years ago. While explorers through the years have recreated the trip that Scott made and a team of adventurers including former SAS officer Neil Lawton are there now. A British team led by Neil Lawton have just returned from retracing Shackleton's steps. Party organiser Neil Lawton is already living the dream. Those of you who've been sitting in his seminar, I think have been blown away by it. So a little bit more about uh, flying a car uh, from Europe to Africa. If a bloke like me, I struggled, had many, many failures, if I can achieve a few successes in life, honestly, anyone can. Hello and welcome back to RocketPod. On today's show, we're delighted to have Neil Lawton join us. Neil is a successful entrepreneur and author of The Adventureholic. Uh, this is um, a new book that he's published. Bear Grylls describes Neil um, in the forward as standing on the shoulder of a giant. Um, Neil brings a lot of fun and excitement to any situation. Um, very refreshing, love his energy. Uh, and I hope by the end of this uh, conversation, we'll all have some tools to infuse a bit more excitement and adventure into our daily lives. Neil really is the adventurer. Um, he lives it, he breathes it. Um, and I think a lot of his life choices um, are outrageously cool. Um, and we're delighted to um, have him on the show. Welcome, Neil. Neil, welcome back to Rocket Pod. James, thanks for having me back. <laughs> so... Um, Oh, it's really nice that you're, you've come back to join us. You're an amazing sport. I think for our listeners out there, that um, the, the first uh, recording we did with Neil was very much about his accomplishments. Um, and, uh, you know, but I think today we're just going to be talking, just learning a bit more about Neil and what makes Neil tick. Um, and, you know, he, he's just written a book called Adventureholic, uh, which is an absolutely fantastic book. Uh, so we can, you know, dig into that a little bit perhaps later. But I think one of the, the key reasons why... Um, we love Neil and why we, he, you know, we, we have him back on rocket pod is that he has a, a great sense of fun. Um, and he just gets out there and does it. And I think, um, so many of us are in our jobs or just going through the motions, you know, um, you know, in an office job or whatever, um, and probably lack a bit of adventure. So, so Neil, um, what are you, what are you up to now? So as a, um, part-time ad adventurer and uh, entrepreneur, I spend my time really, I think, spread between three things, trying to scrape enough money to survive, pay the mortgage, do all the things that most of your listeners will be familiar with. And I do that in a variety of ways. I uh, run sort of three small uh, businesses at the moment. I used to run uh, a couple of big ones, but um, to today, uh, as I you know approach the latter, latter quarter of my my existence on the planet um there's kind of start up um small scale uh, businesses one is a sort of uh, an L&D learning and development slash um entrepreneurial um ex experiential um company that helps people you know spend a bit more time connecting with nature um trying to be a better ceo um stuff like that mm -hmm. and possibly take a group of uh company executives into a wood to help them communicate better uh, back at the workplace. Actually, and so, I, I can attest to that as well, because I went to your fire and ice weekend. Um, and did, Neil yes. had me uh, jump into a half a degree uh, ice tub um, <laughs> doing the Wim Hof thing. And then uh, next thing we knew, it, we were walking across hot coals. And it was certainly good fireside <laughs> chat. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just to be kind of thrown in and immersed in a completely different environment to what we're, we're used to. Um, it was amazing. So yeah, I can. Yeah, thank you for uh, putting that together. Sure. Um, well, that's a good example of, of um, bringing people together that haven't perhaps met before, some people who knew each other, but you know, pushing the boundaries. And I think it comes to a bit of my philosophy of life in that, you know, we humans, we, we, we love challenge. We like to know what's the view like from the top of the mountain, what the horizon's going to be at the end of that ocean view, mm -hmm. etc. And I, I think challenge is, is really important for us as a human species. Um, the second thing is, you know, um, collaboration and communication and community, you know, coming together, you know, as groups of people and interacting just like mm -hmm. they used to been doing for, you know, generations and generations, thousands of years around that campfire proverb, proverbial, which you experienced in the wood a few, 
a little while ago. And then, uh, as you alluded to at the start, I think, you know, we're only on the planet for a relatively short space of time in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, why do it just being focused on making money or uh, making carpets or whatever? You know, it's all about maximising the fun element, I think, just enjoying one's time, doing good and having a bit of fun at the same time. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm doing some uh, three different businesses, um, my own Lawton & Co, experiential development. Um, I run the Penny Farthing Club, which is everything to do with the old-fashioned Victorian bicycles from uh, charity rides to uh, bicycle polo on Penny Farthings to uh, world records. Um, and then finally, a slightly more serious business um, back into the sort of property development game, um, as I think you may have uh, seen, I'm trying to launch a new concept to help people who have their homes flooded every 10 years. Um, concept of floating homes. Wow. And of course, you know, uh, my passion in life is is adventure and not only organising, leading, but actually participating and going on adventurous expeditions around the <laughs> yeah. world um, by land, sea and air. Yeah, I, I think there's a difference between having an adventurous spirit and actually an adventurous mindset. Um, can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, so uh, I, I've coined a, 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 the adventure holic. That's me, but I but I think it's wider than that. Lots and lots of people can be adventure holics um, because adventure is great. It's about um, discovering, you know, mm -hmm. a journey of discovery. It's about, uh, as the Oxford Dictionary says, an adventure is an unusual, exciting, or daring experience, or a combination of all three. And um, you know, for me. Um, being adventurous is all about um, having the fun, being with good people mm -hmm. and rising to a challenge, as, as mentioned before. In terms of an adventurous mindset, yes, I think you do need an adventurous mindset to, to be adventurous and to be successful generally in life. And there are lots of parameters for success, of course. But for me, um, if you want challenge, if you want community and you, and you want success and have, have fun in life, um, with some adventure, then you need to have an adventurous mindset. And what is that? Um, I think there are probably six crucial ingredients, characteristics, traits of an adventurous mindset. Um, the first couple are uh, curiosity. I think you have to have an open mind to open your eyes to possibilities, to new environments, not get stuck in a routine, Friday mm -hmm. night, pub, Saturday, uh, golf, you know, you've got to have a, a variety of experiences and, and, and want to um, be curious and open your eyes to new uh, opportunities. And the second is once you've realised something that you want to achieve and do and have a, an ambitious goal, audacious, uh, aspirational dream, um, you've got to have the courage to take the first step. Mm -hmm. So curiosity and courage are the first two ingredients of a, an adventurous mindset. For me, the next two are and everyone can do this. It's just applying oneself um, with energy and enthusiasm. Okay. So two C's and two E's, easy to remember. Um, energy, you just got to work hard, you know, you know, put your put your mind to it and, and, and get on with it. With energy and obviously enthusiasm, it speaks for itself. Be optimistic. Don't be pessimistic. Um, yes, there are always going to be problems, difficulties and obstacles in the road, but find a way. And that leads to the last two, um, which are ours. Uh, easy to remember resourcefulness mm -hmm. find ways to solve those problems um, be a little bit innovative and ingenious and cunning whatever you need to do to to rise above and uh, you know get around the difficulties and the naysayers mm -hmm. there's always lots of people who will tell you you can't do it you shouldn't do this too expensive you can't afford mm -hmm. it blah 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 um sod that you know mm -hmm. that's just bullshit uh, resourcefulness to you know overcome the difficulties and then resilience. Um, and resilience is all about just getting back up again. You get knocked down, you get, um, you know, you get a, a sideways blow and you just you have to get back up and try again. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it's an interesting message. It's almost like, um, would you agree that uh, everyone has agency um, as far as they've got the ability to actually do something and, and maybe try something new? Um, and I guess there's different levels of, I mean, of course, you've summited Everest, you know, you've paddled in the Bering Straits, you know, you've flown a car to Timbuktu, you've done, and actually this is all in your book, all your adventures. Um, for folks that um, 
uh, you know, haven't done anything adventurous, um, what what would you say to them as far as... Uh... Well, start small. Don't, you know, right. don't make Everest your first mountain or the Bering Sea your first, first canoe ride. Um, you know, my very first uh, adventurous expedition experience that I remember um, was age 13. And I persuaded a, a good school friend. And we, I think it was in the summer holiday. Um, I got hold of a canoe and two of us paddled a Canadian canoe for three days and two nights camping on the side of the riverbed, wow. age 13. And, you know, small little steps. And from that led mm. to bigger and greater and more uh, daring and audacious missions yeah, the rest um, is history yeah and so, so you know to encourage people to be adventurous there's all sorts of adventure i was doing a little talk the other day and gave a few examples <laughs> of how you could be adventurous like um you don't you know that you don't have to climb everest there are one thousand one million and eight mountains registered around the world <laughs> most of them aren't climbed have never been climbed you know mm. and they're not as tall and dangerous as as everest and k2 and the, the other big peaks so Go and climb a small mountain. There's plenty in the UK if uh, listeners are in the UK. Um, mm. Absolutely magnificent. The 270-odd Munros, for example. Yeah. Fabulous peaks. Um, go and climb a, a mountain with your loved one. And, and, you know, that will start your adventurous mm -hmm. uh, career. So, Neil, the importance of cultivating an adventurous mindset is obviously, it speaks for itself how important it is. But... In today's age, how important is that? Well, I see my teenage kids um, absolutely glued to their phones. And I think it's a perennial problem now that young people are just, um, you know, they're not they're not looking up. You know, my my son, 16 year old, I'm sure he's going to have a bad neck problem uh, in, in later life. You yeah. know, he, he literally he's, he's, his head is bowed. 23 hours in the day or wherever, mm. maybe not when he's asleep, but um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Even it's when you it's hope not. slightly concerning as a dad, you know, I just yeah. wish the, I mean, just, you know, yeah. journeys to school in the car. They're not looking out the window. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's not much I can do to try and persuade them at the moment. Um, mm. They're so fixated on their TikTok and yeah. YouTube zooming and all the rest of it. I, I, I despair a little bit. Um, so, you know, I do try and encourage them and I encourage everybody just to look up. And, you know, there's a, a couple of people have uh, messaged me about a, a comment I made in, in, in the book recently about, um, you know, I was on a flight to somewhere remote and, um, you know, there was a sort of stern looking gentleman to my left. And, you know, ordinarily I could have just ignored him, put my head in my magazines or yeah. my phone. Um, but I didn't, I engaged him mm. and we got on, struck a conversation, got, mm. you know, had a few things in common. He, that gentleman ended up as my greatest uh, ever sponsor wow. of, you know, some of the bigger and more mm. expensive expeditions just yeah. by having a conversation, looking up from your mm. phone and your magazines or your book and engaging with somebody, another human. Um, mm -hmm. And you just never know who you're sat next to unless you, yeah. look up and, and engage yeah absolutely i think you use the tube as an example too you know that you, everyone sits on the tube looking at their phones or yeah you know heads down um but you don't know who you're standing next to so it's almost like yeah. that that's a very easy thing to just look around you yeah it could be as simple as that and pe people have almost lost the ability to uh, look people in the eye you mm -hmm. know and it's 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 a little disconcerting mm -hmm. i i spend train journeys and tube journeys and the occasional bus journeys yeah just looking looking around seeing who wants to engage yeah. with me and you know if it's a bit awkward you just do a quick smile and you you move away you know yeah. you go on to something else yeah I, th I think as well it highlights you know what what might be uncomfortable um makes it it's easier later you know you do the hard thing now and it might be that you engage someone that a completely complete stranger but who knows i mean what's the worst mm -hmm. that can happen they just ignore you you know but actually the the upside is you know you yeah. do that 10 times and you're gonna you're gonna yeah. get a winner yeah yeah so you touched upon your kids um and uh yeah some easier things that you can do to start going on adventures do you have any adventures that you go on with your kids maybe some parents now can can start doing with their kids to help encourage them yeah i try and take my parental duties as, as seriously as possible it's great now that they're you know young adults uh teenagers um they have their own um you know ways of uh, aspirations and, and goals and characters and one wouldn't want to you know impose one's own uh, lifestyle my you know slightly dodgy adventurous <laughs> entrepreneurial lifestyle may not be suitable for my children and I wouldn't 
dream yeah, of different. trying to influence them. One supports them whatever w way that we can. But, you know, yeah, I do take, I mean, we're, we're, uh, we're going on a little journey to Nepal at, oh, nice. uh, over Christmas. Um, oh, you know, um, my lovely wife, she, uh, you know, has been in charge of family holidays for the most part. You know, first world glitzy places and yeah. all the rest of it. Dubai, yeah. you know, <laughs> New York, uh, yeah. Disney. Yeah. Um, I thought it was about time these kids yeah. need to see a little bit of the third world. Yeah. So we're going off to, you know, remote part of uh, Nepal to mm. live with the uh, Sherpa people. Mm. And they will see how... Yeah. The majority of the the yeah, rest of the world well, live, and yeah, hopefully, um, will we'll, that will be a good experience, a positive experience for them yeah. to realise one how lucky they are, yeah, to be born in the UK and mm -hmm. to you know to go to a good school and have mm -hmm. a great education and so forth. I mean, with your back to your businesses, is there any particular of your current projects that you enjoy more than the? another or or is it all kind of interconnected and yeah i mean if i'm honest james the you know my my passion is is adventure and expeditions and you know putting things together and you know every waking moment i'm thinking what well, where can i go next to have an adventure with some good people um but you know for me the the business side is more a means to an end mm -hmm. i mean i do enjoy the entrepreneurial aspect of of running uh you know business or businesses um, with its challenges and its uh, rewards. But, um, you know, we, I'd rather be on a mountain than at my desk on a computer sending out emails, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. I think you once said to me, I mean, you know, you've, you've got, you've had some, um, you know, amazing success on in the business world. Um, you know, you've, you've built businesses, you've sold them. Um, but I think once you said to me that you would prioritize fun over, you know, business, you could have, you know, if you had focused on making more money, that could have been something that, you know, you would have ultimately succeeded in because you're, you know, you seem to, you know, shine to anything you put your hand to, but you've, you've prioritized, you know, experience. Um, and then through that, um, you've obviously built a great network of people. I mean, your book, you talk about some of the great folks that you've met along the way and, you know, you've, you've kind of been through thick and thin and some pretty tough, tough experiences. Um, so um, you've been able to use that energy would it be right, right? I mean, saying you use that energy to kind of give you, I, I guess I use the word agency, but um, something that kind of differentiates yourself, makes brings a bit more fun into your business life. Um, obviously, you're you're uh, you're working to live opposed to living to work. I mean, there's a distinction. Can you yeah, comment think, on that? Talk? I think that's about right. Um, and you know, one of the things if I'm you know trying to encourage others to to lead the best life that they want to lead, and I know people are you know, restricted, there are difficulties, you know, um, you know, permission to go and do stuff or take a risk to start a new business or, or um, you know, people getting permission from the other half to disappear off to do a canoe trip or a climb a mountain. Um, I, I, you know, I do appreciate that there are, um, you know, difficulties and, and good excuses mm -hmm. that people can come up with. But actually, at the end of the day, I'm really positive that, um, if something is really important to you, um, don't compromise, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. don't be, don't be bullied off, um, that aspirational goal, that, that thing that you really want to achieve because you'll only regret it when you're 70, 80 in your slippers and, and, uh, you know, on your deathbed, just have no regrets. Uh, don't compromise. Uh, somebody once said, um, you know, s something that's really important to you, make it non-negotiable. Find a way, um, like, for example, you know, I had this uh, big challenge when I, in my 20s of um, seven summits, climbing the highest mountain on each of the seven continents. It was a big aspirational goal. Had no clue how I was going to do it, how I was going to fund it. And I had just started a construction business. Uh, within 12 months of starting that very serious commitment with a business partner, I had the difficult <laughs> task of going to the boardroom, booking some time with him and saying... Andrew, I'm really sorry, but I have to take uh, eight weeks off to climb Mount Everest because it's part of my Seven Summits life goal challenge. And he looked at me rather blankly, thinking it was a couple of weeks off. And I, I said, no, I'm, I'm, it's a three, you know, it can be up to three months off work. And this was 12 months into our, you know, longstanding commitment to create a, a you know, viable, you know, decent sized construction business. 
He swallowed hard and said, uh, all right, if you must. So I found a way, you know, even even mm -hmm. when it was difficult, um, you know, we were 50-50 partners to literally take eight weeks off, nine weeks off. And then when I came back, failed the first time in, uh, in the mid-90s, big disastrous storm on Everest, failed to climb the mountain. I still had the, you know, had to had to go back and do it, you know. Mm -hmm. Resilience, mm -hmm. as we talked about before, go back and, and try and try again. Uh, so two years later, I had to have the same conversation. <laughs> By which point he was getting p pretty pissed off. Fair, but, um, it didn't stop me or it didn't stop him um, from, uh, you know, ultimately giving me permission. So that the storm that you talked about, is that when there was... A lot of fatalities on on the top of everything. Yeah, was it was that, a very was sad and, and difficult year. '96, um, yeah. uh, the year that Into Thin Air was written, John Krakow. Um, numerous films were made about the disastrous storm. Uh, you know, the the worst in a hundred years on the mountain. And um, yeah, I just happened to be uh, the, the the right place at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, how's that imp impacted you? I mean, obviously, it didn't. You didn't. Um, give up on your your dream of um summiting everest and you know you carried on to you know complete the or the, you know pursue the seven peak challenge sure um so obviously from a business standpoint you were 12 months into a business you obviously you went and did the, you know your heart was saying this is the right thing to do you did it um coming back from that experience um did it help propel i mean it was a tough that was a clearly a very heartbreaking tough time could you use that as as strength to kind of move forward? I mean, is that... What an interesting I'm question. I'm just trying to... Absolutely, like, yeah. What, you, you know, what a fascinating question because, um, yes, I was absent from from the business. You know, I was... You know, we were a, a small small team in, in the mid-90s, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 strong. Um, and so my absence supposedly would, would, you know, would have been noticed. As it happens, um, you know, we were on a growth trajectory and, okay, maybe... Uh, if I had been there instead of climbing Everest, we might have won one or two more deals in that time. Who knows? But they had a, a really good quarter, um, the best quarter, you know, when I was, whilst I was away. And I got a bit of piss take from from that stat. But actually, your bigger your bigger point, when I came back, I was a better person. I was a more rounded person. I was a more mm. confident person. I had more self-esteem. Um, I had built some new interesting connections not only that you grew as a I person. grew as a yeah. person and, yeah. and how did that actually help the business well it helped the business because as a salesman you need all of those qualities self-esteem confidence um you know skill skills learnt new contacts made in order to see succeed in your commercial role and not only that you know as in a competitive environment of construction where we were pitching and bidding for contracts when you were lined up with a whole bunch of you know client executives facing you architects project managers um what kept coming back was towards the end of the meet you know the meetings normally oh i hear neil you've um you know read somewhere that you've uh, climbed everest Could, do tell us about that and they would you know have a conversation about everest rather than what type of concrete we'd use in the in the in the build and i think it was because you know, I was perhaps a slightly more interesting person than the next team that came in contributed to, you know, winning the odd extra uh, contract and, and deal and, and helping us grow as a business. I mean, to unpack that a little bit, you've got crazy adversity with what happened. Um, you've got um, something that you were passionate about. You pursued it anyway, despite the fact the timing of it was not optimal. Um you obviously had a supportive co-founder or boss or whatever um, to actually enable you to actually do it. You would partner. Have done, I'm sure you would have done partner. You would have done it anyway. <laughs> um, and then, like you said, you you were more interesting. You know, you grew through through the adversity. You kind of grew. Yeah. Um, and it just makes you more interesting. So actually, the more fun things you do, the more experiences you do, you've got. You, know, you can tell a good story. I mean, <laughs> you're full of them. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, it comes is, back to the you know yeah. what would have happened if my business partner had said no. Well, probably we would have fallen out and, you know, that no compromise, that, um, you know, non-negotiable uh, aspect to what I had set in stone w would ultimately have, have won through, I think. If you're a strong enough character and what I'm suggesting mm -hmm. your listeners do, if something is really, if you're really passionate about something, you really want to do it, you'll find a way 
but there you know there are risks i probably would have fallen out of my with with my business partner mm. and i would have left the business and yeah. i would have set up on my own somewhere mm -hmm. else mm -hmm. i think um, you have you're to always... have that level of of confidence to a commitment to actually you know just step out of your comfort zone and, and make it happen. It's actually, I mean, it, it's kind of sparked something in me. So in 2012, um, I was involved with a business that didn't work out. Um, my wife wasn't very happy. And I said to my, one, one Sunday morning, I said to my wife, why don't we sell everything? I shut down the business. Why don't we sell everything and travel around the world? This little switch came on, her eyes lit up. And I was like, that's the woman I married. Let's do it. So I, I basically sold 95% of everything I owned. Um, and to finance the trip was the only way to do it. Um, but I met a lot of people along the way, you know, after, yeah. I, you know, similar, I mean, just it's my experience, my life experience. Said, so, oh, you know, I wish I could travel around the world. It's like, well, you can. Yeah. You know, if you're willing to sell your house and, and sell 95%, <laughs> you can. Yeah. So yeah. it's just a rut story. Sure. But I think you just highlight the point that you're always going to get naysayers. I mean, people thought I was absolutely completely crazy and irresponsible and reckless and all the rest of it because I had a family. But actually, if you have that conviction, like you said, you can find a way. And you know what? If you're if you're in a company or if you're an employee and they don't agree with it, or if you have a business partner and they don't agree with it, you're almost better off just to cut ties and, and do it. You know, just sure. follow your heart, follow uh, your gut. I, yeah, I would just like to add uh, one thing because I'm sure there's people listening to that going, That's crazy. well, <laughs> you know, I'm not a business partner. I'm, I don't yeah. have a house to sell. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, the all I would true. say is the majority of the, uh, you know, I'd like to think uh, interesting stories in my book involved quite a lot of money to get to, you know, to get to Antarctica, to climb the highest mountain in Antarctica, cost a shed load of money, which I didn't have, to build the world's first road legal flying car, chapter three. Um, <laughs> 350,000 know, pounds. I didn't have that kind of spare cash, even though I was, you know, reasonably successful sales guy in my own business. We, you know, we were a small business. We, you know, we were on a modest salary, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't have that kind of money, but I committed to the project because I was passionate about it. And I found other people to pay for my adventure. And, and <laughs> yeah. you know, if you've got a great idea, if you've got a great idea and you're passionate about it, you will find if you're, you know, you apply the sort of the adventurous mindset, you'll find a way, get somebody else to pay for it. I think actually another thing that you've you kind of is a little another highlights the point. If you commit on a direction, you're going to attract the right people at the right time to kind of align with what you want to do. I mean, I'm a big believer in that. Sure. Um, because you can feel the energy and the excitement. People people love to feel that energy. Yeah. Um, and if you're doing something new that hasn't been done before, it, it's a bit a bit interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, even if people think you're absolutely crazy, you create that energy, um, and then but you will attract the right resources and the right people. And then obviously you've done that in spades on you know over and over and over and over again. And I'm, I'm sure it's going to continue. Well, I know it's going to continue. Well, let's give um, the uh, the re let's give the readers a, an example of of a, a crazy idea that attracts. And so there's a where I live in Sussex. Um, they have uh, we used to have a an, a big charity event called um, Paddle Around the Pier. And on the Sunday, there was a there, there was always a uh, paddle something unusual, which gave uh, great opportunities for creative uh, inventiveness, uh, ingenuity of uh, floating contraptions. And one year I did it with a, a snake's worth of floating baths with with flotation devices. <laughs> we came last. Uh, in the race, and then uh, a few years later, I um, I was inspired having a seafood pizza in a, a restaurant on the seafront to design and build the world's first ten foot diameter pizza raft. Wow. Right, and it was essentially built from two Canadian canoes with uh, wooden con construction in between, with a ten foot diameter pizza made of wood, um, a few food scraps, and a, a picture of a seafood pizza in a, in a laminated cover. And this contraption we launched uh, into the surf at Paddle Round the Pier, something unusual on the Sunday, and we were going really well. I mean, you know, first of all, I attracted a decent team of friends to join me, and even my uh, younger sort of nine, ten-year-old children uh, put a life jacket on and, and uh, grabbed a paddle and joined us on this, uh, wow. what was going to be a, a glorious victory, <laughs> finally, at the, the paddle around the pier. Well, we launched, we were, we were 10 metres ahead of the crowd, 
And then a rogue wave came in and I'd forgotten to uh, provide cover from the open canoe sections. And this wave swamped us and we literally sank. Oh, and all no. I could hear was about 5,000 people on the beach 100 yards away going, save the children. <laughs> Very good. Very good. That's going to be the mad. It's mad. But, but, you know, that was a silly idea. Um, which with enthusiasm, with energy, curiosity, a little bit of courage, yep. resourcefulness and resilience, having done it a few times before and come last, um, we, we launched and, um, you know, you attract people. And, and yeah, it's exactly following to your, to your point. When you come up with a, an interesting idea, another one would be the world's highest black tie dinner party, you know, which, which was fabulous, super fun, a good, decent challenge. You know, twenty three thousand feet on, uh, you know, up Mount Everest, and and having the world's highest black tie dinner party, and raised a shed load of money for charity. You, you've done a lot of a lot of work for charity, and I think that's another amazing quality. Um, you've actually, yeah, you've. Um, can you talk a bit about that and and how that's been a big part of your life? Um, because, I think it's important you know, to like, whilst you're having challenge and. Um, you know, going going out and doing these things with with good friends and community, um, and having fun whilst doing it. Of course, those three principles that, that I live by. Um, I think it's also important to do the right thing. You know, one particularly nowadays we're we're sensitive to um, not making an adverse impact on the environment, which is very important. Say sustainability, um, uh, and doing good. And you know, one way of paying back whilst doing these amazing, fun, challenging adventures and expeditions is to actually have a nominated charitable cause or, a, you know, do, doing some good. And what I've tried to do over the last 35, 40 years doing these madcap schemes and, and, and challenges is to align the project with a good cause. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's given me an awful lot of pleasure giving back, mm -hmm. raising money, um, creating awareness for, for some great causes. And there are many, many out there. I've no idea how many charities there are in the UK, but it, it must run into the millions. So there's plenty of um, ways that you can help others whilst you're doing your thing. And mm -hmm. I don't see any reason why that, that shouldn't be a, a good subsidiary aim on each of these projects. And uh, the next uh, big you know mission I've got next year to Northwest Nepal is to uh, try and, extract from the Germans who currently uh, own the Guinness World Record for the highest um, bicycle ride, um, I, you know, will be, and I have been, so we, we did one attempt two years ago, which failed, have to go back and have another go at this record. But we've been raising money for a really desperately poor school in, in the region, literally okay. uh, the base of the mountain that we're about to climb. And Two years ago, they didn't have um, lights and electricity in their school classroom in this village. Uh, now they do. Okay. Wow. And we're going to go back and, and give them lots of computers and teach mm -hmm. them how to use the internet and give them the latest Starlink, uh, you know, Wi-Fi and all the rest of it so they can mm -hmm. communicate with the world and progress and, and you know, get on, on a par with, uh, you know, other schools in mm -hmm. the rest of the world. That's really nice. I think so many people kind of... Um, I, 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 forget where I heard the expression is kind of licking the earth, you know, traveling around, but actually just just being a fleeting, you know, and not actually mm -hmm. giving back to the communities that you might pass on your travels. And I think um, it's quite a nice story to actually, yeah. you know. Yeah, I love that. I can resonate with that a lot of uh, raised in Southeast Asia. So, yeah. yeah. Um, well, this school, I mean, it's amazing. It, not only were the classrooms dark because it was there was no electricity to them, but, you know, four and a half thousand metres up in Nepal, blinking cold. Yeah, I can imagine. And wow. there's, there's, there, there's yeah. no insulation. They, they, mm. The kids, they're a wooden table. They sit on the floor. It's like a t awful little tiny mat mm. that they sit on. But, you know, the, the, the earth is freezing. Yeah. The walls are cold. There's no, there's no insulation at all. Mm -hmm. And not only that, there's no windows. Mm. And if there is a window, it's just wooden bars um you know mm. open to the elements absolutely wow. Wow. miserable wow. conditions in which to try and learn yeah uh, your maths yeah. and english and yeah nepalese yeah. and absolutely. all the rest of it do you want to talk to us a little bit more about some of your favorite adventures in the book for, uh, well your so the book is ones. called adventureholic 
um, subtitle, uh, Extraordinary Journeys uh, Around the World um, on Seven Continents by Land, Sea and Air. It's really just a, a compilation, a smogger's board of ad adventure, um, mm -hmm. um, you know, literally all around the world from each and every continent, uh, cold, hot, yeah. uh, sweaty uh, and so forth. <laughs> and, um, you know, the, the, the best trips that I've organised and led mostly um, with a with a few uh, interesting examples. So we talked about flying cars. So there's yep. Yep. there's chapters on on climbing mountains, crossing deserts, paddleboarding uh, around um, remote islands in the Pacific and <laughs> up and down the Amazon. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's hopefully something for everybody in there. Yeah. Um, you know, I try and it's definitely a, a really honest um, account of uh, some of those fun. Uh, challenging trips. There's six different Everest yeah. expeditions, of different types, including uh, obviously climbing, uh, the dinner parties, uh, and a couple with Bear Grylls where we uh, attempted to fly over Everest in a motorized parachute. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's 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 lots of adventure, yeah. lots of good, interesting learning from you know as a human, but mm -hmm. as a as a as a leader and as a team player, mm -hmm. what's important. Um, and I I certainly cover not just the successes, but a lot of the failures and the reasons why, mm -hmm. um, what I've learned and, and, you know, why I made some mistakes and, yeah. um, yeah. the last yeah. couple of chapters, a bit of fun. So, uh, one is called, um, mad dogs and Englishmen, where we talk right. about the slightly more bizarre challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't got to that point yet. I'm still, uh, I'm riding a, <laughs> riding a penny farthing from Land's End to John O'Groats or the highest black yeah. tie dinner party on Everest or, yeah. Uh, stuff like that. And then the final chapter is uh, called Nine Lives and How I Lost Them. And it's uh, short little stories, vignette stories about why I shouldn't really be here on this sofa <laughs> chatting to you, yeah. um, but uh, buried under under six six feet of uh, earth, but um, managed to get away with it, partly due to luck, partly due to good decision making. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, hopefully a little bit of experience thrown in to avoid the inevitable. Yeah. I think you talk a little bit, um, the importance of preparedness and I think that yeah. the preparedness piece has definitely saved your life on a number of occasions from where, where I've got to up, up in the book. Yeah. Um, and I will say that, I mean, Bear Grylls wrote a really lovely forward, um, in the book. Um, and I think he describes you as standing on the shoulder of a giant. Um, so very complimentary, uh, very generous. Yeah. Um, but, um, I think, uh, you know, as much as you love to share about your stories, I think um, there is a humility about you, you, um, and you know, you've you've certainly, you know, um, you've made a, a big impact on a lot of really great people and um, had lots of adventures. So it's, I, I, I mean, think, I think anybody in my position I mean, would, would would be able to do that. We talked about the you know bringing people you know people towards you with with um you know inspiring others to to join a cause, and I think if you have some of those you know, uh, characteristics of the adventurous mindset, you will inevitably attract people to your cause. And, and uh, hopefully, as long as you're a nice person, you're not, you're not an asshole. Mm -hmm. um, they will remain friends as, as Bear has for a quarter of a century since we sat on the, the summit of Everest. And, um, you know, it would be difficult. Um, there's a couple of people that you know, one can't be friends with everybody. Uh, I've upset some, somewhere along the line. Um, Again, it's all in the book, you know, yeah. they probably won't be too happy, but it's it's an honest account of where it went wrong and you can't get mm. it right the whole time. Yeah, I think it's also, you know, you go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated and you're not going to get on with everybody anyway. Um, but, you know, and you're going to attract the the, pe the right people it, into your life that, you know, so I think it's. You know, I think if you can count all your friends on one hand, you know, you've done well, haven't you? Well, I've got a birthday party coming up and uh, I think 80 are coming. So okay, there you go. I'm doing all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. That's really good. Bear Grylls, he's one of your good friends. What's he like um, away from the cameras? Yeah, so um, Bear's a very old friend, um, loyal friend. He, um, you know, he's he's an amazing man. He's achieved so much. Um, but he, but he, I mean, he's really humble, I think. Mm. And... Um, a, a real family man, mm -hmm. um, but also focused. You know, he he knew what he wanted, mm -hmm. and he found a way uh, to live the best life that he wanted to to lead. I remember him saying to me uh, on Everest that you know he was doing a Spanish degree at university <laughs> at the time and not really in, enjoying it, and yeah. he, he had a vision. Yeah. Um, um, but you know, interesting. I did not know that he was preparing to write a book, so. Mm -hmm. 
um, that book pretty much launched his his career. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a it was a secret. He kept it a secret, but he he was focused. You mm -hmm. know, prepared. Um, was making notes and, yeah. and wrote that book and, yeah. and that launched his career. Who's more of the leader when you guys go out? Well, I mean, you know, he was 23 when, when and I was 32 when uh, I organized and led that second Everest expedition. So, yeah, no, I mean, nominally mm -hmm. I was the uh, the team, team leader, but yeah. um, no, I mean, yeah. he's become uh, hugely mm -hmm. influential and, and a consummate leader in his yeah. own right obviously have you done any of the worm insects eating to to survive uh, at all <laughs> yeah, to, 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 to be honest um, i did there's a few people i sent the, the, an early draft to one, one of course was bear because yeah. he's obviously in the public eye and uh, having known him for you know nearly 30 years <laughs> there are definitely some stories that i could i could have shared and, yeah. and actually wanted to share originally um, but um, on reading the first draft, he did ask me <laughs> to take out. a few of the stories out, <laughs> take it out. mostly when he was, uh, you know, appearing naked and stuff. But um, wow. no, um, you know, he but he like he, he he follows the same. Uh, he, he likes to have fun, yeah. uh, occasionally likes to shock, um, but he's a fundamentally fabulous, mm. um, wonderful uh, human being. For, for those who want to go out on, on adventures, be it small, medium or large sized, um, like what are the fundamental things that you need to be prepared for so obviously there's finances equipment and stuff like that but if you could yeah so i think um yeah preparation is 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 vitally important and you know each challenge is different requires yeah. different um elements to it but you know the fundamentals of of course you know do you have a clear goal do you have a clear uh, vision of what you're trying to achieve that's really important uh, mm -hmm. i think um then the people, you know, who mm. who's going to join you on this crusade or this project or <laughs> this company or this adventure, uh, I think is the next most important. Then really thinking about um, the strategic plan uh, of what you're going to do, how you're going to uh, execute um, without being too restrictive. You know, mm. there has to be an element, I think, of of, of give and take and yeah. flexibility in the plan. Otherwise, it's a package holiday. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I kind of, it's an interesting um, thing that comes actually with a with a lot of experience. Um, I think people with maybe lacking or first timers maybe over overthink the preparation, planning, training. Sometimes it's just a question of getting the basics in place uh, and then following your gut, making mm. good decisions on the hoof. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, just, you know, following your nose. Mm. I've got a little tip for you. So when I'm facing a tricky or difficult challenge in my life and I want to try and improve the chances of success, uh, I use uh, an acrostic word called VISTA. Now, VISTA in the dictionary stands for a pleasing view or ambition. And the acrostic word VISTA stands for the following. V is for vision. So this is what's your goal? You know, really focus on what it is you're trying to achieve. I is innovation. What sprinkle of magic can you uh, bring to the party that's going to be different? Um, the S is for strategy. And that's essentially what's your plan to achieve success in a project or program. Uh, T is for team. And who are you going to be involving in this um, challenge? And how are they going to help you? And finally, A is for attitude. And how can I bring a little bit of stardust, some energy, some enthusiasm, positivity uh, to the project or program? And there is Vista in a nutshell, um, a really good acrostic word that reminds you of the real principles for success. And one quick example. So uh, many years ago, I was invited to something a bit wacky and weird. It was the world's uh, tin tray racing championship, uh, essentially sliding down an Olympic bobsleigh track uh, on a tin tray. We have to turn up with a tin tray. So I was staying at this hotel and I went into the kitchens and asked the head chef, could I borrow your tray? Because um, I was going for this, uh, entering this World Tin Tray Racing Championships up, up in the uh, in the snowy part of the mountain, and um, my little bit of innovation was asking, how can I make it slippery? 
And so he gave me some uh, olive oil, I think. And uh, I would just, before going down the ice, I would sprinkle a bit of olive oil on the bottom of my tin tray to make it even faster. So I had some strategy. It was basically avoiding the uh, the sides of the the Olympic bobsleigh track because obviously as you bash into the walls, it slows you down. Uh, in terms of team, it was really a singular event, but uh, I'd never done this thing before. So I recruited somebody who'd uh, done it before and asked them, you know, to, if they'd be my coach and give me some tips. And then finally, like most things in my life, I just um, gave it the beans, uh, learned from my mistakes on the practice runs. And then when the competition came about, I put all of those things together, real clear vision. I wanted to get on the podium, sprinkled my bit of innovation, had my strategies in place, um, had my coach giving me uh, final last minute tips for uh, the run and then giving it full positive attitude. And guess what? I won the gold medal. And you're not always going to have, you know, there's going to be lots of gaps in your plan because you're doing something new. So, you know, you've almost got to go with, you know, but knowing what you want to do, but just... Yeah, no, but having flexibility, to, having flexibility to to pivot to 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 go west instead of east. Went to jump ship. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's like if, if things get bad. No, absolutely. Like making you, just... you know, absolutely making the those making critical those decisions. Um, you know, when we you mentioned uh, Bering Sea, mm. uh, where we were attempting to cross the the Bering Sea in winter, not many people had done it for very good reasons. It's very difficult. That was and, sticky that and situation. quite dangerous. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, we set off uh, uh, in the dark. You know, across to one of the Diomede Islands from northwest Alaska, trying to trying to reach the international dateline in the middle of the Bering Sea, and we, we were expecting, you know, midwinter, February 2016, icebergs and and you know an ice pack, an ice flow in the strait as was normal in winter. Um, we paddled and paddled on our nine foot red kayaks, James and I. Um, expecting to paddle for 10 minutes before we found the, you know, the ice pack. And then the plan was to use our ice axes, haul, our, haul ourselves and our gear and canoe uh, up onto the ice floe and then speed march and walk and haul our gear to the island. And then play football with the Russian. Yeah, well, military. that was a, that was a subsidiary <laughs> like, aim to invite, invite the Russians to game of football. Goal. Basically, the idea was the the international date line would be the halfway line of the football match. Okay. So my idea was that you know we would be playing uh, the game against the Russians on yeah. Saturday, and of course they'd be playing on Friday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <The> same game. <laughs> anyway, it never happened because um, we paddled and paddled for fifteen hours that first day from five in the morning wow. it's bad. till uh, <laughs> late into the night um, d- without finding any any ice. And the, uh, transpired that it was the, uh, up until probably this year, it was 2016 was the warmest uh, winter and year on record in the, in the world. And there was no ice. It, it all melted. Mm. It mm. wasn't there. So, yeah. um, you know, our plan was flawed. And coming back to the original question, you know, I realised we were in in, in deep trouble deep because ice. ice the ice pack obviously travels a lot slower than fast moving mm-hmm. torrents of water, uh, with the with a current that goes through the Bering Sea, which essentially heads north towards the North Pole. And on a nine foot kayak, you've got no chance, you know. And then eventually, actually, the sea around us literally froze, and so you, you know, you was checkmate. You couldn't paddle because you know you can't paddle a kayak uh, through half an inch of ice. Um, but half an inch of ice is not strong enough um, to withstand the weight of a, a human mm-hmm. uh, with luggage. So um, yeah. it yeah. was checkmate, and I had to make a really tough decision to pick up the satellite phone uh, and, yeah. and call for help. Yeah. And you know, a day after we set off on this challenge um i was pulling the plug calling calling it quits and asking for help yeah. and the yeah. uh, u.s coast guard kindly came to rescue us with their mm. two helicopters so mm-hmm. yeah yeah tail between the legs but it was as a result of making a good you had a sat phone. good decision <laughs> um when you know it was clear to me that we were in deep trouble mm. and, and doing it early do you have any advice of, for people maybe say they're going on their first adventure and then they have a really really sticky situation do you have any sayings phrases um just things to remember that can help Uh, go with your gut Mm. you know people's uh, gut instinct is is hugely uh intuitive 
And, you know, when you get the hairs on the back of your neck going big time, there's, <laughs> there's just reflect on what yeah. you're doing and how you're doing it and maybe have a, have a step back and have a think. And then just try and make just sensible, good decisions. Mm -hmm. not, not play it safe the whole time because mm -hmm. sometimes you have to step forward out of your comfort zone, take a risk. Mm -hmm. But the cold light of day, you know, if something doesn't feel right, or just you're not getting a great mm -hmm. sense mm -hmm. that it's a good a good decision, mm -hmm. then there's no shame in backing off and, yeah. and, and going again the next day. Trust your intuition. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And you also talk about in the book, you know, um, you know, surround yourself with, get the right experts. You know, there's people with the knowledge, um, you know, when you don't have the knowledge. hundred you know, percent, yeah, that, absolutely. That does, um, well, that comes back to the selecting the team, as, of course. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, a good example would be the flying car trip across uh, the Sahara Desert. You know, I hadn't, I wasn't hugely experienced, but you know, uh, in deserts per se. Um, but I hired, not hired, I <laughs> persuaded a friend of mine um, <laughs> to come and join me on this ten thousand kilometer journey from London to Timbuktu mm -hmm. in a flying car, um, who was a desert specialist. So he loved the concept of a, you know, supporting a flying car and gave up <laughs> six weeks of his time to come on the journey. And I raised the money to help mm -hmm. pay for it, but you know, even so, he. He, he came he came as a volunteer wasn't paid and um, I had mechanics two mechanics on the trip so that when uh, vehicles and stuff I have no clue about how an engine works but I had two people on the team who could fix stuff um, and so on and so forth I you know everywhere where I was weak in terms of uh, you know, a skill set that was required for a particular challenge, mission, expedition I go look for it get a wing, wingman or woman to, to kind of fill in the gap uh, but it was quite amusing <laughs> on the flying car. Um, I was trying really hard to find a doctor, qualified doctor, because I had this vision of me, you know, the engine stalling at 2,000 feet and then plowing into a massive Saharan sand dune and mm. uh, requiring my broken bones to be fixed on site. Yeah. And so yeah. it was quite important to me at the time, 2009, this expedition was, that I found a doctor, but I couldn't persuade a doctor. I tried really hard, spent two years searching for a doctor to volunteer to join us on this amazing mission. Couldn't find one. They all kept saying to me, it's far too dangerous. And indeed, Ranulph Fine said, it's mad, bad and dangerous yeah. enough, this mission for me to put my name to it as a patron, which he did. Oh, he did, kindly. didn't he? Wow. Yeah. But um, at the end, I managed to hoodwink a trainee doctor to come on the trip <laughs> and he was put into action the very first day when we left uh, a five-star hotel in london and one of my mechanics slipped um climbing uh, oh, no. into his truck and gashed his leg what, in london oh. in london yeah on a five-star in the courtyard no. of a five-star hotel and he had a, a, a gashed leg mm. and exposed bone and, and oh the no poor that trainee, sounds awful the poor trainee doctor was put immediately before we yeah, even left yeah. the, the start line <laughs> He was put to test, st stitching up my oh, uh, my mechanic friend. Yeah. So the moral of the story is, if you have a cool enough idea, then you're gonna have you're gonna attract people for free to back you on your project. No, I'm just sure. kidding. No, no, but that's no, exactly just, uh, right. And actually, that's kind of that is cool in, yeah, in yeah. itself, isn't it? It's like you yeah. don't because people give themselves a lot of excuses why not to do things, mm. you know, and um, they they either get the naysayers to convince them or they convince themselves to not, not do it for, for yeah. you know for probably good reason but actually um, they're all rat stories aren't they yeah. if, you, if you have the conviction then just, just go ahead and do it I think you're talking about bluffing it a bit James, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> winging it winging, winging it, it. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, great something to be said for that as yeah. well do you ever go out on your own or are you completely against that don't, don't go out on these um, no I mean I, I, I train on my own um, mm -hmm. But I, but I, I prefer company. I'm a social being. I prefer yeah. sharing these yeah. uh, journeys and these challenges and these expeditions with yeah. with others. Um, and you know, it's always you know a variety of people. It's not always the same mm -hmm. crowd. And mm -hmm. so um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm expanding my network, my friendships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, the other thing to say is when you do these amazing journeys, you make the most fantastic friends. Yeah. And you know, proper friends, not just mm -hmm. the transient um, online community that one builds up yeah. you know all the people you know people on my facebook <laughs> linkedin i've not met i've not met 90 percent of them <laughs> yeah are they friends are they yeah. really friends yeah no not really they're just a number yeah. um and a face with a profile mm -hmm. they're not proper true friends mm -hmm. true friends when you you know you go and climb a mountain 
paddle a, a paddleboard down the Amazon, these people become mm -hmm. your friends. Mm -hmm. Because you rely on them, you build trust, yeah. you have friendships, you drink beer afterwards. <laughs> I think I think that's also another. You touched on something that's really key. I mean, we're touching you a lot, look, James, aren't no, we? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, people aren't connected in this cyber world. You know, they got the screens. Well, there, but is, I think there, there is, is a connection, but I think what, what you're suggesting, yeah, different type. Of, uh, following yeah. my comment there, is yeah. that you, they're not your real human connections. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, um, yeah. The online tools are they're tools, and you know they're, they're, it's amazing how fast information can get around the world. And mm -hmm. there's there's definitely a you know a, there's lots of advantages of, of obviously technology. But I think like what you're saying is if you if you put yourself out there, have new experiences, bring great people together, mm -hmm. um, then you're going to form bonds with people that you wouldn't otherwise form. Um, it makes you more interesting. It makes you more resilient because you're always growing. Um, I mean, I always love the idea of you know always pushing your comfort zone, but you know, to actually think it and actually do it are two different things. Um, so, you know, it's like, uh, you know, if you put yourself out there, you're going to get mm -hmm. get a lot back, you know, whether it's friendships or yeah, well, just give we, you more here, agency. Here, or here, here we are talking again um, after I put you through a miserable uh, 24 hours of, of pain and misery in the in, in, a, in a forest in, in Sussex. Mm. Um, oh, it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> minus two degrees of, a, of an ice bath for two minutes and then mm -hmm. followed by walking on hot coals. And here we are still friends and talking and chatting. And <laughs> you, even, you even splashed out and bought me a coffee this morning. Yeah, and I bought your book too. Oh, you're Wh generous. <laughs> which actually would be great to get, get it signed today if, if that's all right. Sure. <laughs> Um, raising money to do these things. Do you have any advice on, on doing that? Yeah, it's um, don't give up. It's never easy. Yeah. Uh, you'll get a lot of people um, saying no. But um, my my main piece of advice is try think really strategically about who, uh, first of all, in your network. Very rarely have I found um, people to support financially uh, a project that doesn't have a, a human connection to you. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's invariably somebody that you know or mm. in your network or it's somebody quite close to somebody you know in mm -hmm. your network mm -hmm. that is the, the catalyst to a successful outcome. Yeah. Um, you have to look hard from within and, and w within your, your uh, yeah. circle of influence, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, that's the first tip. The second tip I would suggest is that um, try and, and think um, who would be a good fit for this project. So, for example, yeah, the highest dinner party in the world. I went to Tom, Thomas Pink, the, the outfitters, and said, look, we're, we're doing this project. I need some black tie uh, suits, including uh, for my Sherpa team. And I wanted to include my Sherpa team in the highest dinner party. They'd never mm -hmm. worn a suit in their life, let alone wow. a black tie. Mm. Uh, but got the dimensions of the team, you know, normally about five and a half foot, but um, <laughs> they all, they were decked out in their, in their finery. <laughs> Did they get to black, keep them? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so wow. Thomas Pink, we're, we're really happy given that situation to mm -hmm. supply us with, with, um, you know, mm -hmm. dicky bows and so forth. Mm. And then, Clearly, I went to uh, the drinks manufacturers. Uh, um, Taylor's <laughs> Port provided us with with uh, free port and sponsorship. Um, uh, Pernod Ricard, the champagne house, uh, mm -hmm. provided us with sponsorship and, uh, you know, champagne mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And mm -hmm. so try and think of an appropriate um, connection. Yeah. Why an organization with money as opposed to you with a good idea or no money would want to support uh, and, and look for those connections. That's mm, the second thing. Mm. And then finally, um, ask for the right amount. You've got to do mm. a little bit of research. You've got to be sometimes bold um, and sometimes brave and courageous um, mm -hmm. to, to ask for, for money, particularly the right sort of money. Um, so many examples of, you know, I've done that in the past. And there's one, a lovely one in the book, where um, I literally, for the flying car, I was 100 grand short and running out of time. And I, I spoke to f lots of friends, trying to find bridge the gap, and I was just not finding finding the opportunity. And then... Christine. Um, yeah, Chris, Christine uh, was introduced to me over lunch at a very expensive restaurant. And I did my pitch, and she said, well, I, I love the idea of a flying car. Come and see me at my office 
next Tuesday, 11 o'clock. So I turned up at her office. I, I walked into this office. It was cheap partitions, unlike your lovely fancy glass ones here. <laughs> cheap furniture in this little box room. And I thought, oh, they're, they're not going to be able to yeah, afford 100 uh, grand. <laughs> but she came in. She, she cut to the chase pretty quickly. No, 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 you know, chit, chit chats. Yeah. Thank me for the lunch, but said, um, great. How much do you need? So I took a deep breath and I was honest. I just said, oh, yeah. I'm short of a hundred grand. She said, without drawing breath, she said, come around the corner. I'll introduce you to my uh, financial director and we'll write you a check. And I left the building with a hundred wow. grand check. Can you believe that? <laughs> so if you, you've got to be, you know, got to be bold. You've got to use your contacts. And it, yeah. that was through a, a good friend of mine who, who I met recently uh, this week, actually. Um, had to buy him a, a, another drink as a thank you because he remembers the, the introduction. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I asked for the right amount. Um, right, good advice. And a good, another lovely little story uh, of actually failure, but it was a good lesson with regards to that. Um, it was the... Shackleton Memorial Expedition that I was uh, trying to raise money for, and it was quite expensive, similar similar sort of 300-odd grand um, figure to put a team of 12 into Antarctica and do, you know, some sailing and yeah. uh, do a, a sort of cross South Georgia like Shackleton did back in the day. And um, I was short of a lot of money, and um, I wrote to an American firm I'd been introduced to um, who apparently uh, loved... Shackleton, Scott, Antarctic yeah. uh, mm -hmm. would support, um, you know, missions like that, mm -hmm. modern expeditions. And I wrote to them, formal letter, my pitch, um, uh, and I asked for a whopping £50,000. Two weeks later, I got a letter back from the company saying, love your project, but unfortunately, we, uh, we only support uh, big projects, five million and above. <laughs> <laughs> So my 50 grand was like a, a pittance. It was too small. So you've got to do your research and, yeah. and work out what the relevant amount is suitable for the sense. people you're approaching. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. Yes, thank you. I would just, I'd like to, you know, bring it down to a, a micro level because there mm -hmm. might be somebody out there who is not happy, is unfulfilled and uh, just wondering what on earth they're doing on the planet. And, and why they exist. And I would just simply say, try and find your passion. Um, mm. You know, try and work out what it is that you really love to do uh, and then find a way uh, to do it. Mm. Um, seeking help where necessary, guidance. Don't be afraid to ask for help and support mm. and to really go for it. And, you know, uh, if a bloke like me with a really poor academic record. I was kicked out of school for various reasons. Um, I struggled, have had many, many failures and uh, difficult moments along the road. If I can be uh, a guest on your podcast show, <laughs> if I can write a book that's published, if I can achieve a few uh, successes in life, honestly, anyone can. Yeah. You say finding your passion, doing what you love and, and that, it doesn't necessarily have to be your career. That doesn't have to be your job. It's just um, keeping up and still doing the things that you love, regardless of if that's your main form of income, um, which which is really important nowadays because I know a lot of people my age, um, there's this whole thing about hobbies. So it's like, if you're not making money from your hobbies, then it's a waste of time because you should be grinding. That is genuinely like the... The mindset which is wrong it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's the wrong it's almost like yeah. um i mean capitalism's kind of built on lack isn't it it's mm -hmm. like you, you you know you you're not complete unless you have this or that um but to have that expectation that you need to be making money all the time it's not about money is it it's no. about just living yeah. and being in the present and having yeah, I would fun start, i would start with the with with the fun um and often the fun and the and the, and the passion stuff turns in look i mean look at look at my penny farthing club business yeah. I mean, that was just a bit of curiosity about, you know, how to, uh, whether whether I could r ride a, a Victorian bicycle. And I discovered that I could. 
Uh, I attracted other people to join me. I taught loads of friends to, to ride. We, we started Penny Farthing Polo, um, started researching world records, did a few of those, yeah. raised lots of money for charities, doing interesting, fun trips. Now I get invited to schools to talk about Penny Farthings. Uh, <laughs> I get invited on films and commercial shoots. I get hired three inquiries yesterday for, for various things yeah. with a Penny Farthing that, you know, little business you know little little hobby business started with curiosity and the courage to 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 step up and do something take action Uh, Mm -hmm. and then some of those other mindset things energy and enthusiasm resourcefulness and and resilience and Mm -hmm. that's all you need Mm -hmm. um but it you know it doesn't have to be mount everest or climbing mountains it doesn't have to be paddle boarding it doesn't have to be adventure Mm -hmm. it's just something that you're passionate about um ultimately will end up helping you earn money yeah, ironically yeah, yeah. because you're enthusiastic you're talented you create skills you yeah, have yeah. there's demand that that's built up you mm-hmm. something you'd love to do you will attract people yeah. commercially and otherwise to mm-hmm. to that enterprise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you'll end up starting to make money yeah or it just makes yeah. you more interesting so start yeah. with fun yeah. start with passion um, and start with courage to to, to take the first step and it might be if you don't know what your passion is, you just try lots of different things until you find it. I mean, yeah. sometimes it's a journey, isn't it? You know, yeah. you don't wake up yeah. one day and say, I'm passionate. You know, I mean, it, it can it can take time right. to figure out what you're passionate yeah. about. Yes. Absolutely. What lights you up, what makes you happy. Indeed. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. If you could have pick anyone that you would want to meet or have a coffee with, and have a chat, who, who would that be? Plenty of people. Um, I'd love to meet Bob Geldof. Bob Geldof. Okay. Um, he's, he's achieved an awful lot. He's got a... A uh, certain type of character and personality that intrigues me, um, and I'd love to, you know, interrogate him over a, a coffee or probably <laughs> a pint or two of beer. Uh, I'd love to meet, and and I'm getting closer to um, stalking him. Is uh, my favourite band ACDC. Wow. Brian Johnson uh, is a, a drinker in a in a pub in Chiswick. I'm on his tail. I'd love to meet him. Uh, shake his hand. Um, and um, I'm a great rugby rugby uh, ex rugby player and follower, and uh, had the great privilege of shaking. Uh, shaking the hand of of um, some famous people at a, a Centurions dinner the, uh, the last year, and that was a, a real thrill to meet some um, hardcore. I mean, rugby's you know a brilliant game, um, mm. thugs game for gentlemen. So, how do people find you? Do you, do you want to be found? Um, any any project that you want to um, promote or or need some help with, either through you know with, through Rocket Pods Network? Uh, but how do people get 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 in touch? If anyone would like to get in touch with me, I'm really open to new connections. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as as mentioned before, I prefer the the FaceTiming building of, of relationships and trust in, in real terms, not on online. But it starts with a connection, doesn't it? Um, so if anyone anyone uh, feels that they would like to get in touch with me, mm-hmm. um, you can you, be difficult not to find me on the Internet. Neil Lawton, and I have a LinkedIn and Instagram, occasionally posting (laughs) stuff. But um, if somebody wants to find me and and meet me bad enough, they'll find a way. They'll find a way. Okay. Well, we can we can put we can put a bit of copy on our. You know, we can put your your LinkedIn LinkedIn yeah uh, connection, whatever it's called. Brilliant. Well, it's been a pleasure, Neil. James, thank you as always. It's been fun. Lovely to see it's you. It's been fun. We, we had some laughs. Yeah, we? you're a good interviewer. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, thank you, Neil. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Rocket Pod. When you get a moment, we'd love it if you could jump over to whatever podcast platform you're listening on, listen to Rocket Pod on, and leave us a quick review. Please send us some messages, engage with us. Um, we love it when you talk to us. It uh, helps us get exposure to inspire and share more stories like this one with Neil today. Um, I think Neil's um, attitude, uh, growth, adventure mindset is refreshing. Uh, the fact that um, you can you know, go the path less traveled, um, you know, get out of your your comfort zone, get out there into the world. I think um, Neil did talk about the acronym. He had Vista, vision, you know, have a vision, innovate, strategy, you know, obviously plan your adventure. Uh, and if you start doing something, then be, be sure that, you know, you're going to get the right team around you to actually pull it off. And then, um, yeah, developing that, um, 
that growth mindset and having the right attitude to have fun. So yeah, thanks Neil for spending time with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. We learned a lot and hopefully um, our listeners are going to have some tools to actually implement a bit more fun and adventure into their life. Anyway, take care and um, we'll see you next time.